Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, we spend a lot of time on this channel talking housing, housing, real estate, commercial, United States focused. We're going to stretch our wings, get a little uncomfortable together, and we're going to talk about what's going on in China. We're going to do this with the one and only Lance Lambert from Fortune. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Uh, doing really good. And yeah, let's jump right to it. And uh, so one thing that's interesting, historically speaking, is that across the world, when countries have went through periods where the residential housing markets have went through very prolonged slumps, have also coincided with their deepest economic hits. So in right. the United States, we've actually had two legitimate housing crashes over the past hundred years. Mm -hmm. Most, most well-known is the 08 housing bubble, mm -hmm. uh, which we saw a six-year housing recession from 06 through the end of 2011, and housing's impact on the economy fell for six straight yeah. years from 06 to 11. Huge economic hit. It mm -hmm. coincided with the, the longest uh, post-World War II recession in the U.S., or the deepest, uh, which is the great financial crisis. And one problem being is that when your residential market is overbuilt and you cannot rev it up through lower interest rates, your monetary wings are clipped. And that's mm -hmm. what happened after GFC is we couldn't get the economy going because the interest rate sensitive part of the economy was broke was broken in a different way than it's broken now. Very Correct. different. Very different. The other time that happened in the US was we had a huge housing boom in the 1920s and it went into a slump in 90 or 1926, 1927, mm. and it let and it create and it was a prolonged housing recession, and it coincided with a foreclosure boom that happened right as the 1929 stock market crash hit. And that it, it's one of the untold stories about the Great Depression is that there was an actual housing crash and a home price crash that happened in the country and a foreclosure crisis. And a financial uh, cri banking crisis. A lot of banks went out. It, financing was very different. Exactly. Mortgage financing was very much interest only in terms. You know, five-year term was, I believe, most common back then. And so some of the other periods where we've had housing recessions, like 81, mortgage rates got real high and it caught, created a construction bust, but not a full-blown housing crash. And then the economy recovered when rates went down because right. it wasn't, a re it, they weren't the same type of property bust that the mid 2000s in the Great Depression one was. So you look across the globe to China. It's a country that has went three decades without a recession. Yeah. Three yeah. decades. Three decades. What, what happened during that period is that the most cyclical part of the economy, residential housing, 
boom the whole time because they had yeah. they they were just boom boom construction. And I, I, I just I just sorry to interrupt, but I think people need to realize. So I've been doing real estate active investments since 2002. In the U.S., we had kind of this real estate never goes down mindset from like oh four oh five oh six, and then obviously it blew up because real estate can go down. And think about that. We had three, maybe four years of just this fictional belief that real estate always goes up. China's had 30 years of real, that's three generations of real estate only going up. There's been some nuttiness going on in in bad behavior. So sorry to interrupt, but that's just wild to think about 30 years of that. So an estimate last year was that they have 60 million vacant units in the country. 60 million. California has 15 million units total. 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 So, and they have entire cities that are empty. Yeah, they do. I've been there. I've been there. And so they are in a place where Resi can no longer be an economic engine. Resi is overbuilt and prices are crashing in some areas. And we found out this week that the official data is underreporting the actual price. Shocking. Shocking. And one thing about price declines not price declines like we had last year where you're kind of blowing off just a few months in Austin right. or things like that. These are this because the, they sat at the top for a long time. They did. What happened is they their prices peaked, uh, were peaking even before like the pandemic. And they've kind of been in a lull. And it's like that they were sitting there and distress was kind of building and now they're moving down. So that means that a lot of the loans that were occurring were at the peak prices. Oh. Where for us, if we had, let's say the prices had actually fallen 10% in the US, it would sure. still would have been a big deal because so yeah. few people bought at those prices. One of the issues for the the uh, t- 2008 bubble is that prices kind of peaked in 05 and sat there a long time and transaction volume was very high. And it's so it was those vintages, the people who were getting the 05 or 06. The vintage, yes. The 05 yes. vintage was terrible. Exactly. And uh, so China has some of that. And then oh, as you yeah. move down on prices, you can get a way, you can get a price spiral where it moves down even harder. Oh, you will get a price spiral, I'll say. Yeah. And it creates these issues throughout the economy, like we saw GFC. Now, is it to this level? you know, you know, in, and how much would they intervene? Those are things that'll be interesting, but when you've overbuilt resi, it can create problems. And so, yeah, well, let's talk about one more factor that, that the reason why they have 60 million vacant homes, at least a large proponent of that. So my wife, my wife, Olivia is from Taiwan. I've been to China. I've seen these vacant communities. So I've, I've been in this. So I I've seen it a lot in the Chinese culture. Uh, when you are um, middle class, you don't bank cash. And again, this is part of your point about 30 years of this being the right answer. You typically buy a second home. And again, their second homes, they're just like a, a box. They're not actually finished, right? Your job at some point, maybe your kid, maybe your grandkids, that's their inheritance. So they have looked at for 30 years, the most stable financial asset they have is residential real estate. Yeah. Now, just think about the psychological break that is. You now have 30 years of belief that real estate never goes down. You have people transacting at these peak prices for a long time. Now they have lost faith. 
uh, in the government. The lockdowns were punitive and all of these things. And now they're looking at their nest egg going, yeah. shit, it's going to fall. You're, this is going to be, in my opinion, you're not saying this, I am. This is a cycle much like we went through 07, 08. That was five years. Yeah. The first people to sell, they do okay. But when you talk at the family dinner and go, hey, I just sold my uh, second home and uh, I got 98% of it back. Woo! Then the next person sells and they get 95% back and then 90. It's, this spiral could be bad. And Well, and that's the thing. When you get a real property bust, you're not talking a little bit of time. It's a long period of time. And that's why I wanted to bring up the Great Depression. And maybe I'm invoking something that's way nastier than I should. But when you look at how many vacant units they have and how they have speculated so much, I think it's fair to invoke those periods. I think it's smart to kind of look so. at what can happen in history. Um, and you have you know, to, you have to look at it and yes. because the, the, the engine for the growth, your wings are clipped because resi cool. is that engine. And so, you know, they're already lowering rates, by the way, they're, they are, they just lowered again this week. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, but the thing is, if the interest rate sensitive, the economy isn't, it should, it doesn't matter. It's, when did well, we start? It's even, it's getting, it's worse than that. You have yeah. taken a core family belief. This is entrenched in the Chinese culture. I'm going to get a second home at some time as my retirement, my pension, because they don't have that stuff there. This is my thing. And now they're seeing that core belief challenged. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And, you know, it's an interesting chapter in the history of residential real estate because the, the Western economies are going through a period where we're all underbuilt by a lot, but we just overheated very hard and then had an interest rate shock on top of it. So we have very deteriorated affordability. Yeah, the tug of war. Yeah. But the thing that we have going is we're underbuilt. Yeah, we don't have 60 million vacant homes in California. If we did, and that would be a problem. Anytime rates move down, we would activity will come. It will marginal come. buyer. Yep. They them they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. No, exactly. They don't need another home. They yeah. Don't need them. And and when did rate when did the Fed starting cutting cutting rates here? Oh six, oh seven start. Oh seven, I think was it started. And it was they, the first they cut. The whole way to zero. They and did. Still could not get Resi moving. And it was because of the 2005 vintage, the, um, I forget what it was called, uh, strategic default, because everybody's paying. What people don't realize is in 05, when you had these teaser loans and 50% of the originations were arms, people could afford them for the first two years. It was yeah. only after the interest rate shock that it became unaffordable. And then the strategic default became the right answer. People held the whole term while it was 0.9% interest rate. It's when it shot up to 8.9 that they're like, oh, I guess I can't refi like my mortgage broker told me I could. Oh, sell it at a loss. And that just, the wave just came wave wow. after wave after wave. It was, it was bad. So Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And it's obviously, you know, it's not something, you know, in the, and the other thing about it too is it bleeds over to the financial system. For because sure. at the end of the day, banks in a large way are corporate debt and real estate debt. Correct. <laughs> and so when you take out, you know, real estate like that, it just creates issues that then bleeds over into the rest of the economy as lending gets tighter. Yeah, I don't I've never looked this up. I have an opinion, but it could be a well informed, uninformed opinion. 
I don't think there's a lot of U.S. banks like the JP, like the big ones. I don't think they have a huge percentage exposure to Chinese residential real estate. They may have commercial exposure, but I think a lot of that was internal lending in China. I don't know if you've looked that up or you know. I, I, yeah, I've, there were some papers out on it last year. And one thing we're not really bringing up here that I think is important too is that Morgan Stanley put out a report last week they sent to me, and they're predicting that from here through 2040, home sales will grind down in China like every year. 2040? Yes. It and makes perfect slump. sense. Wow. And that's demographics. That's not even the property bus. So they've had oh. this happen into bad demographics. So it's, you know, the things that you read about that people on the internet say about the U.S. Is yeah. it like, oh, you know, we're overbuilt and, yeah. you know, we have these terrible baby yeah, boomers. Yeah, when the baby boomers go, all this vacant inventory is coming. Yeah, I, and, I see. And the truth is we actually have a steady amount of immigration and, and our birth rates aren't as low as the rest Dire. of the world. Yeah. And we still, you know, we're actually growing in population. In some ways, the things the bears have said about the U.S. is true. They just in got China. it. <laughs> they time. got the country wrong. <laughs> yeah. They, they're just 12 That's times. Funny. Uh, 12 yeah. times. Oh, Lance, you're housing, housing, housing. Thank you for coming back every week. Thank you for being a wealth of knowledge and making me laugh. I appreciate it. Where can people find you? Yeah, they can uh, find me on Twitter at News Lambert or Google Lance Lambert Fortune and find my author page. Awesome, buddy. Thanks so much.